Today, on this beautiful fall day in October of 2021, we come to the eighth word, excuse me, the seventh word in our series called DNA of a Transformational Church. If you've been with us uh, these last few weeks, you know that we have been talking about our values and our vision as a church, what God is calling us to be, the church that God is calling us to be, and the church that God is calling us to become. And I'm really glad that you're here today. I'm glad that you guys are here in the house. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being, those of you who are joining us online, and those of you who are out on the backstage patio suffering in the very difficult weather out there. (laughs) on the backstage patios. One day I wish I was out there with them. So uh, anyway, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 13 or pull it up on your device. We're going to be in Acts chapter 13. We're going to be in a lot of different places today, but we'll kind of end up there in Acts chapter 13. So far, we have covered a lot of ground in this series, and we're coming to this last word today, but the series isn't over because over the next two weeks, next week and the week after that, we're going to have some special things. Next week is serve day. Next week is serve day. You'll hear more about that at the end of the service today. We're going to go out and we are going to serve our community together. It's really, it's a 930, just pep rally gathering together in here, and we're going to send you out to serve the community. You'll hear about that at the end of our service today. And then we've got a special thing for you that relates to today's message coming up on the uh, 31st. And so we're really excited about uh, this series, and we've got three more weeks. But we're coming to this last word today, which is an important word. It's, it's a word that we have been, and it's a word that we want to become more of. And that word is sending. Now, this all relates back to our mission statement. And many of you, if I walked around and handed you a mic, many of you probably could quote the mission statement. Um, some of you, probably the ones who have been here the longest, probably couldn't. So anyway, no, I'm just kidding. That's, a, that's really a, a bad slam there. Uh, our mission is to passionately share the message of Jesus and lead people to follow him. To passionately share the message of Jesus and to lead people to follow him. When we became our own church in 2011, and even back in 2007, when we started as a campus of Low Country Community Church, uh, that was a, our goal, that was our mission, that was our purpose, and really, really came together and kind of uh, you know, became formed when we became our own church in 2011, to passionately share the message of Jesus and to lead people to follow Him. And so over the course of these past weeks, we've talked about these six words. We've talked about a church that is transforming lives, is a church that is growing, a church that is giving, a church that is welcoming, a church that is entrusting the gospel to the next generation, a church that is serving. And last week we talked about that we are a church that is loving. And I think we, we can agree that that is much harder than it seems on the outset, it's much harder than it seems on the surface to be a people who are loving. But today, we come to this word sending, sending. And our statement is this, that we want to be and become a church with a global presence advancing the message of Jesus Christ. A church with, with a global presence advancing the message of Jesus Christ. This is the global aspect to Hilton Head Island Community Church. And of course, we are a community church, which means our focus is on our community. 
It is on Hilton Head. It is on the South Carolina Low Country. It's on this region. But we don't want to stop there. We want to be a church that is sending people out into the world with the gospel. Now, let's talk about that word gospel because sometimes when I say the word gospel, I'm sure that you have something that comes up in your mind. And for some of you, that's not necessarily a good thing. Unfortunately, our world has kind of taken these words, two words that I'm going to talk about today, but one in particular, the gospel. And unfortunately, we have made it something that it wasn't meant to be. A lot of times when we think of gospel, we think of a type of maybe music, or we think of a type of church, or we think of a revival, like people gathering together, and, and there might be some things that you might consider crazy that go on, and it may be something that you have a negative connotation about. The world kind of hears the word gospel, and they hear the word evangelical or evangelism, and automatically there's a negative connotation. And so today, whether you're here today and you're, you're a believer, you're a Christ follower, or maybe you're watching online and, and you're a seeker, wherever you are in your faith journey, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, is I'm going to ask you to, to just consider pressing reset on what you kind of came in with, a, maybe a preconceived idea of what gospel means and what the word evangelism means. Because I think we're going to see today that this is something that God intended to be good. And not just good, but very, very good. Now, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on, and that is, is there's a lot of bad news out there today, right? Can we agree on that? I know there's probably not a lot of agreement on everything in the world right now, but I think we can agree that there's a lot of bad news, right? The last two years has been a lot of bad news. For some of you, your sports teams have been bad news. If you're an Alabama fan, last week was bad news for you. And I'm sorry if that hurts, but it's true. So there's bad news, like <laughs> COVID-19 like, has, has just filled our world with bad news. It's very confusing, and it's extraordinarily chaotic. And everything that we're faced with right now is bad news. But the message of Jesus that we talk about, passionately sharing that message of Jesus, whether it's in our neighborhoods, in our community, or whether it's around the world, that message of Jesus is the gospel message. And I want you to see where it comes from in the original language, which in this case is Greek. Gospel, that word gospel is from a Greek word that is euangelion, that's euangelion, and it literally means good news. Good news. Wouldn't it be awesome if we had some good news? Be great if we had some good news. That's what this word means. And so, all throughout history, all throughout humanity, all through the highs and the lows, what God is offering through Jesus is always, you can say it with me, good news. It's good news. Does that press a reset? in your mind for this word gospel. I hope it does. I hope it does. 
The gospel message from the Greek word, that Greek word that we just saw, euangelion, the, the word that we get from that is the second word that I talked about that we might have a bad connotation. And you probably already have figured this out. Uh, it is what? Evangelism. 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 And the word evangelism, we have a connotation that might kind of align politically or it might align with a certain style of church or music or whatever it may be. But the, the, the literally what we are to do is we are to be people who go out and proclaim the good news. The word proclaim, we're not going to focus on it today, but it's the word we're going to see in a minute from Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It's a word that's from the Greek keros, keros, Caruso, excuse me, and it means to proclaim or to preach the good news. And I want to say this too. This message is not just for professional ministry Christians, okay? Church, I want you to hear this. This message is for all of us who are Christ followers. This message is not, you know, don't look at me today and go, Todd, that message is really for you and your staff. It would have been a great leadership lesson for you and your staff. That's not what this is. This is a message that is for all of us, all of us, which is why I don't like the word preach. I love the word proclaim. And that word, euangelion, good news, the good news of Jesus, and that word proclaim, caruso, it literally means that we can proclaim the good news, and we can do that in a variety of ways. And here's the deal, church, I love this. We can all participate in that effort globally in a variety of different ways. We all can be a part of it. Let's take a look at one of the 93 times that the New Testament mentions this word, gospel, which also means good news. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world, go into all the world, and say that next word with me, proclaim the, say that next word, gospel to the whole creation. This is, this is essentially the great commission. It's also mentioned at the end of Matthew in the last few uh, verses of, of Matthew where Jesus gives us this commission, this mission that the church is supposed to be on. And some of you have already figured out that when we became our own church in 2011, we took the great commission, which is found here, and it's also found at the end of Matthew, and we said that needs to be our mission statement. And so we formulated or made our mission statement around the great commission because that's what we as a church and that's what we as Christ followers are supposed to be about, the good news, the gospel message of Jesus. And so Mark 16, 15 says that we are to proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. I love this because he says the whole creation. And what Mark, inspired by, by God's Holy Spirit, is telling us, what Jesus told us here, is, is that we are supposed to be going out into the whole world and proclaiming the good news. And that's our job. And then it's God's job to do the other work. 
It's the Holy Spirit's job to allow that good news message that is proclaimed to the whole of creation to fall on the ground of of those who are ready to receive it. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to call them and to to reach them. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict them and to, to ask them to repent. And it's His job to save them. But our job is simply to what? Proclaim. Proclaim the message of Jesus. And so today I want to talk about four ways that we can be globally focused or four ways that we can transform if we are going to be a church that is serious about sending. These are four ways that we're going to be able to do this. The first one is if we have a global perspective, if we are a church that is committed to the gospel, we will have a wide perspective on the world. See, a church that's committed to spreading the gospel has that wide perspective. It's not a narrow view of the world. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. The first place that we need to start in proclaiming is those who are nearest to us, those neighbors and if you're in school, students, friends that you have that, who may not know Jesus as their Savior, uh, people in your neighborhood, maybe people at your workplace, family members. It's those people closest to us. And so we do have a responsibility to ver- literally walk across the street and proclaim. But at some point in time, we need to widen our lens. We need to be careful to not only just have that portrait view, if you will, of the world, but the landscape view as well, and widen our lens. My my kids make so much fun of me when I take selfies. It is the worst experience for them, I promise you, in the world when I've got my phone and I'm doing selfies, and, and I'm always moving the phone. And we've, it's gotten so fun in our house that Cynthia and I, they make so much fun of us. By the way, I'm, I'm not totally in this by myself, right, Cynthia? They make so much fun of us because they say we look in the wrong place or the phone is shaking when we're doing selfies that now we look in a different place just to mess them up and we send it to them. We're like looking out here. Here's the phone right here. All right, we're doing that right there. And we send it to them. We're like, we're just trying to take a selfie together. So anyway, we have fun with them. So anyway. But here's the deal. I think that sometimes we are so focused on taking that portrait view, that selfie view of us, that story view of our lives when it comes to the gospel message that we forget that we just need to turn our phone around and get that landscape view. Listen, church, this is a huge world. It's a huge world. And there are people, people who are missing out on an eternity in heaven with Jesus, the one we just sang about, because they haven't heard. No one's ever proclaimed. And I want you to be careful to not think of the word proclaim as the missionary that you walk by maybe in the airport or, you know, maybe you've been overseas and you see someone who's out standing on the street and they're preaching and everybody walks by and and the first thing that everyone thinks is that's weird. That can be a method. But church, the world needs your method. The world needs the way that you're going to communicate to friends and neighbors and family members and the quiet way that you may proclaim the message maybe in a conversation when someone is in crisis. We must remain committed to the spread of the gospel in our community and 
committed to spreading the gospel around the world. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. If you do a word study on the word go in in both Matthew and in Mark, it literally means as you are going, as you are living your life, as you are doing this thing called life, be prepared to tell, to proclaim, to talk to someone about Jesus. There are In the United States of America, roughly 333 million people in the United States of America. And sometimes our portrait mode of mentality when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to life itself, is so focused on the 330 million people that we forget that there are nearly 8, say it with me, billion people around the world. And only roughly 2.3 of those eight, say it again with me, billion people call themselves Christians. And many of those are probably Christian in name only, of those 2.3 billion Christians. We have a huge job to do. And this church on Hilton Head Island can be a part of the global spread of the gospel of proclaiming the message of Jesus. Back in the first church, the Holy Spirit gave the members of the first church a little bit of the scope. So when we talk about having a global perspective... In terms of the spread of the gospel, I want you to hear this. This is from Acts 8, chapter 1. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. He says, in Jerusalem, and all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And you see right there, God was giving us the way that we are supposed to spread the gospel in concentric circles because Jerusalem was like Hilton Head Island, right? That was their Jerusalem. That was, you know, their Jerusalem was Hilton Head Island. It was the local place. It was where they lived. It was where they knew people. It was the, 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 probably the, the place that they should start. And he says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And then he says, in all of Judea. And that was more of the region. That's like the low country or maybe South Carolina and then he says, go into Samaria, and Samaria represents so much, and I'm, I'm not going to go into it deeply, but it represents a place that is larger, it's further away than just the low country or South Carolina. Uh, it, you know, it might be Georgia and North Carolina and even Ohio, yes, that we are supposed to go. Sorry. <laughs> he says, go into Samaria, but when he talks about Samaria, he's not talking about just a geographic region. He's also talking about a place that is unfamiliar and maybe unfriendly. We're to go there too. And then how does he end it? In Acts 1.8, he says, and to the end of the earth. We're supposed to take this good news Not just here, not just around here, not just there, but we're supposed to take it over there. That's our job. That's our commission. So church, let us expand our vision. 
church, let us, as Hilton Head Island Community Church, widen our perspective. Let us zoom out in terms of our view of the world. Let's not have blinders on. Yes, let's be focused on this community and reaching this community that is, by the way, still 90% unchurched. But let's go beyond that and let's reach the world. And so a church that is a sending church has first and foremost a global perspective, but secondly, it has a global purpose. A church committed to spreading the gospel has a missional purpose. A church committing to spreading the gospel has a missional purpose. It's a global purpose. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it's the reference I've made several times. This is the Great Commission. It is mentioned, echoed in Mark. A little more specific here. Jesus is appearing to his disciples. Now this is after he has died and rose again. And he's saying to them, go, go. Into therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Not only do we need to have a global perspective, but we need to remember that we have a global purpose, that this is the purpose of the church. This is the purpose of the church, that we're to go into all the world and to make disciples, and we do that in a variety of different ways, and you're going to hear details about that. You're going to hear from some of our partners at the end of this month, at the last Sunday of the month. In two weeks, you're going to hear from them. You're going to hear about them, but I'm telling you, church, we've had a great opportunity over these past 15 years to make an impact in many of the places uh, that are far from here. In Central America, down in Belize, down in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, over in Kenya, in Africa. We've had the opportunity to make an impact here in the United States of America for the gospel by pouring in to, to ministries that, that serve people who are in need. Churches that we've helped start. Again, you're going to hear from some of those here in a couple of weeks. But I have a vision. My vision is to have at least one partner on every habitable continent in the world. And so Europe is a place we're looking at. You're going to hear more about that in two weeks. Asia is a place we're looking at. Australia is a place we're looking at. We take very seriously selecting who these partners are, and we take a long time selecting who they are. But when God gives us an opportunity and when he confirms that, we're going to go for it. And so when you give, when you give to Hilton Head Island Community Church, 10 cents of every dollar is set aside for benevolence inside this church to help serve a little bit of our, some of our local partners here. But it goes to these global partners that are making a huge difference for the gospel around the world. You're going to hear from them next week. Thirdly, thirdly, a church committed to spreading the gospel has a passion to reach people globally. It's not just about a global perspective. It's not just about a global purpose, but it is about a global passion. Some of you are like, when are we ever going to get to Acts 13? Right now. <laughs> Acts chapter 13, one of my favorite passages in terms of sending the gospel. I love this, the church in Antioch. Check this out in verses 1 through 3. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, 
Lucius of Cyrene, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manea, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Look at verse two. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said this: "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." Then after fasting and praying, they, the church, laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now, there's so much in that one passage, just those three verses. I love it. I love it. I love that the fact that this is a church made up of people from all different parts of society, all different kind of groups of society, all different demographics, and they're worshiping together, first and foremost. That's awesome, because guess what? That's what heaven's going to be like. By the way, I forgot to mention that when we talked about loving last week. Heaven is going to be totally different than some of us think. We're going to be worshiping next to people that we will be shocked by. And there also may be people that aren't worshiping with us that we're shocked that aren't there. And I love the church at Antioch because you see that. And I love the church at Antioch because it says while they were worshiping the Lord, so they were worshiping the Lord, they were fasting. And while that happened, the Holy Spirit said, and I would just love to have been a fly on that wall. Like, how did this work, right? This was a different time and a different uh, era in the church, and I understand that. But God moved, and the Holy Spirit said, set apart these two men, Barnabas and Saul. And if you're one of those two guys in that church, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit of God says, set aside these guys, you're probably like, whoa. Really? Why me and what's happening next? (laughs) But I love the fact that this church surrounds them. Not only were they worshiping and fasting, and the Holy Spirit called Barnabas and he called Saul for the work to which he had called them. But look at this in verse 3. Then after fasting and praying, they, the church, laid their hands on them and sent them out. Sent them off. And thus began the first of three missionary journeys in the first century of the first church. And forget history. If you like history, this is really cool. But just if you love Jesus, this is amazing because we are recipients of that today. Oh, there's a red crimson line that has passed from century to century to century. And we're recipients of what happened in the church in Antioch today because the gospel began to spread in concentric circles around the world. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) See, here's, here's the principle. Some of you are saying, Todd, I am not going to Madagascar. I'm not, we don't have a partner in Madagascar, but I'm not going to Nairobi. I'm not going to Belize. I'm not going to China if we have a a church in China. Like, here's the deal, Todd. I'm not like a part of this. It's not my thing, right? Not unless it's like first class tickets there and that sort of thing. I get it, right? Not, you know, unless you can pack your golf bag, guys. I get that. That's cool. I'm right there with you. But here's the thing. Some of you may be called to a short-term trip. 
Some of you may be called to be a part of a short-term trip at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Some of you may be so stirred by this whole series that God may call you like he did with me when I was like 16, 15, 16, 17 into full-time Christian service. Some of you may be right in the middle of your career and God is doing something major in your life and that can and it might happen. Here's the thing. We all play a part in the global spreading of the gospel. In the church in Antioch, not everybody went. In fact, only two of them went. But they all played a part, didn't they? They were fasting. They were praying. They were worshiping. And when it was time to send, they came around them and laid hands on them in a show of support, spiritual support. And they sent them off. And here's the deal. Not everyone was sent, but everyone in that church was involved in sending. Everyone was involved in sending. This is my favorite time of year in sports. And it's not just because all of my teams are doing well. (laughs) It helps. (laughs) But this is a great time of year. Like, I'm not a basketball. I'm kind of, like, slow on hockey. So, like... We love our house. We love this time of year when it comes to sports, and and I watch there on a Saturday. You can watch just about any given stadium in college football, and you see the fans that are there. They are not just the crowd. They're not just the audience, are they? They're not just fans. These people are participants in what's going on. Right? <laughs> Think of your favorite team, whoever it may be. There's it crosses all different sports. Seattle Seahawks have the, uh, the 12th man, right? We have no Seattle Seahawks fans in here. The, <laughs> the Steelers have the what? The terrible towel, right? Yeah, there's a few. I knew that would get. The Packers have the cheese heads, right? Hey, listen, I was watching the tennis. I, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan, but it is really cool in Tennessee, not when they throw stuff at other coaches, but it is really cool when they sing Rocky Top. That is pretty cool. Justin, I got to admit it, he's in the back clapping quietly. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Anyway, it's so cool to see that. It is awesome when Clemson runs down that hill after touching, you know, Howard's Rock and the whole stadium is chanting Clemson and singer Tiger Rag. I I love it. I got to admit it, I don't like Clemson, but I like that. That's cool. The Braves, the Tomahawk Chop, there are, over in Europe, there are fans called Ultras, and they do everything. There's no marketing that even needs to be put into those teams, because the fans are so passionate. They're not just fans. They're not just the audience. They're not just the crowd. They participate in the whole thing. And that's the way the church should be when we send people out. That's the kind of enthusiasm that we ought to have when a church in Belize led by a 27 or 28-year-old young man who was called by God to start a church two years ago is running 150 to maybe more than that, 160 people, and they run out of room? We ought to cheer that on, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. Colossians, when the Apostle Paul is writing a book to the church in Colossae, he says, 
In Colossians 4, 3, and 4, at the same time, he says, Pray for also for us that God may open to us a door for the world to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I'm in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So here's my challenge to you today. Find your place. Find your place and do your part in sending. Maybe it's fasting and prayer. Maybe it's really being committed to one of our partners, to, to reaching out to them and just sending them encouraging notes and just loving on them. Maybe it's being a part. Maybe it's taking on one person that's going on one short-term team, mission trip team, and praying for that person throughout their training and throughout their whole trip and beyond their trip. Maybe for you it's participating. Maybe for you it's being called to do this full-time. Find your place and do your part in sending. There are spiritual parts. There's encouraging parts. There's financial parts in giving to the church so that we can continue this mission of sending the gospel to the ends of the world. There's the physical part of going and visiting, but find your place and do your part in sending people around the world. And then finally, it's a global people. A church committed to spreading the gospel sets apart people to send. And I love in verse, uh, verse uh, 2 of, of Acts chapter 13, that the Holy Spirit says, set apart, set apart. And for those of you who may answer the call to go on a trip, may go on a, a short-term trip or may be called into to ministry or may be called to go over and, and be a part, there's a period of time that we take seriously being set apart. It's you being committed to training and praying and raising money. I don't know if you realize this, that 100% of the people that have gone on short-term missions trips through Hilton Head Island Community, uh, Community Church through the years would not consider themselves independently wealthy. <laughs> they have to raise money. Our church, is, God has blessed us in such a great way that we are able to help support them, but they have to go raise most of the money that, that they commit to on the trip. That's a big commitment. And so we as a church, some of you may be the ones that actually are set apart, that take time before you go and commit yourselves to prayer and discipleship, and learning about the culture and learning how we can connect. I love Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. It is one of my favorite verses in all of Isaiah. I love this verse. Isaiah says, how beautiful, how beautiful. Upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news. There's that word again, of happiness. Who publishes salvation. Love that. Who says to Zion, your God reigns. For some of you, you're going to be the feet of Jesus. That's where we get that phrase from the feet of Jesus. For some of you, you may be the one that we say, how beautiful are your feet spreading the good news of Jesus. I love it when Jesus, uh, I kind of picture him on the hills of Jerusalem, maybe looking over Jerusalem, the city that he loved. 
the city where everything started from. And I kind of picture him on the hills looking over, and he, he says this, and it's recorded in Matthew chapter 9. Right before he sends out the 12, he says, it says this, and Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had, what's that next word? Compassion. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Did he ask them to commit? Did he ask them to commit? He said, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Church, I hope and I pray and I hope that you will join me in praying that we are a church with a global presence advancing the message of Jesus. I hope and I pray as we think about the world, as we think about the 8 billion people in the world, that we would have compassion like Jesus did when he looked at his city. I hope and I pray that that compassion drives us to be a part of sending. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for the opportunity to sing and to worship and to learn about your word, to hear from you, to be taught by your spirit. God, I thank you that we have the opportunity to come in here and sing about how you rose again from the dead. God, I thank you that we get to come into this place and we get to focus on growing spiritually and we get to focus on what it means to reach our neighborhood and our community for you. But God, I pray that you would help us to realize that we have a part, each one of us, in sending and spreading the gospel. Not just here and not just there, but over there, all around the world. And Father, I pray that you would allow each one of us, within the sound of my voice, those who are at home, those who are out on the backstage patio, those who are here in the house, Father, I pray that you would help us to find our part and that we would do our part, each one of us, in the sending process so that we are a church that is serious about sharing this good news in the midst of a time all around us is bad news. Father, may we share the good news that you rose again from the dead, that you died for our sins, and that those people who haven't accepted you as their Savior, they too can have the chance to rise again when they die, if they would put their trust in you, if they would just believe they could sing this song with such great confidence. God, I pray that you would help us to take seriously this great commission that you gave us. And God, I pray that we would find our part, that we would do our part, and that you would bless every effort 
that we make in spreading the good news around the world. We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much that you are a God that loved us enough to die on the cross and rise again from the dead. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.